Well, welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Dan Caprill here. And today I'm going to get into the issue of do I own or do I rent? Now, this question tends to come up mostly with, with two types of properties. One is the home and the other is the car. Let's do the, uh, let's do the car first. Leasing has been around for, gosh, I don't know how many years. I remember when it first came out, scratching my head, thinking, why would anybody do that? Isn't the whole idea behind owning a car that you, you buy it and you drive it into the ground and then you go get a new one? Well, that is the idea for me. It is the idea for a lot of people that I know. But some people aren't that way. Some people like having a new car every couple of years. If they can afford it, why not? I mean, it's, I guess you, you can certainly call it a luxury item. But usually when someone asks me financially what's a better deal, my response typically is, well, I have no problems with you buying it as long as you get every ounce out of it you can because it is truly a depreciating asset. It'll depreciate far more in the early years than in the later years, but you can drive it as much as you want. So in that respect, owning, I think, makes a lot of sense. Now, me personally, I put on well over 20,000 miles a year. In fact, my wife puts on well over 20,000 miles a year. So 40,000 miles a year pretty much mandates that we own the car, and, uh, and we do. Now, I will tell you the most sensible way to own a car is not to buy it brand new, but to try to buy it maybe a year after it's been out there because there's a lot of savings to be had on that initial markup. Now, I must confess, though, I've never done that. I have always bought it brand new. In fact, every car I've ever owned has been brand new, unless it was given to me by my parents. I say that simply because that's just how I've done things. Certainly, I would have been smarter in my youth of buying the car used. Now, today, I, I buy the car brand new simply because it's, it is a luxury, and it allows me to have the car exactly the way I want it, whether it be the color, the interior, whatever the case might be. If I'm, if I'm going to buy the car used, which is perfectly fine, I have to settle with what is available on that car. But the most sensible way is, yeah, wait a year. Buy a car one year older. Hopefully it has maybe under 5,000 miles if you can buy like one of the dealer cars. I kind of laugh. They call these cars pre-certified owned. Man, they're used. <laughs> but, you know, usually you can get a reasonably good deal. Just make sure you understand this is an auction. I recently negotiated a car for a client and saved over $10,000 off the existing asking price, largely because it had been a dealer car, and I knew the 18s hadn't come out yet, and this was 2017, and I knew they had to get it off the lot. So they're probably even willing to take a loss, and they did. In fact, I was kind of frustrated with myself because they accepted such a low offer, and they didn't even blink. I thought, oh, man, I obviously I left some money on the table. You know, you know how that is when you don't get any objection at all. But yeah, understand that. Now, as one who hates buying cars, I do everything now online. Now, what I do is I send an email to the dealer. This is after I know what I want. And I tell them that uh, this is what I want. This is what I'm willing to pay. And if they're willing to give it to me, that I'll come in today and, and sign it. Now, when I go into the dealership, I do drive the car, obviously. I want to make sure I'm not getting a lemon. But I don't go this back and forth, you know, sitting in their office, letting them talk to their their manager. I don't do any of that crap. You know, I'm just like, nope, here's what it is. And there's a number of websites you can go to. Kelly Blue Book is a good one where it'll show you, Edmunds is another, it'll show you what a good price is to get, you know, the, what the dealer needs to get 
and what's a fair price. So it's below the sticker, of course. Personally, I, I hate all the sticker price and all that stuff, but I always feel like I'm getting taken, but that is the nature of our business. I know a few years ago, Saturn did a no-negotiation type way of buying a car. In fact, I bought one of their, their cars that way back in the day, but that's no longer the case. So you throw a price out there, be informed. Uh, if you're not sure, give me a call. I'll be happy to do a little research for you. This is similar to talking about a brand new car. But uh, if you buy a brand new car and you drive it into the ground, you're, you're going to get you know, your, your money's worth far more than if you are continuously leasing or even worse, you know, buying a car than selling it every two years. As far as leasing a car goes, again, that's a lifestyle thing. If you don't drive a lot, if you drive under 12,000 miles a year, then leasing it will work. Uh, I assume you're the type of person who maybe likes to have a new car every three years. And it's, it's a way that you can certainly get that done. A lot of people I know who buy cars, they finance them. As soon as they're done financing them, they go buy a new one. So that, in my mind, is kind of like another lease. The benefits of ownership come when you pay it off and then you keep driving it. You never pay another payment again on that car, you know, other than service. That's the benefits of ownership. Otherwise, if you can live within the, the miles limitation that I just described, then sure, go ahead and lease it and work it that way. So many other factors when it comes to car ownership, when it comes to price. You have the insurance of the car. You have the maintenance of the car. You know, if you're, if you're going to buy a high-end car, it has some high-end service to go along with it. So, so just be mindful there. Let's talk now a little bit more about home ownership versus rental. There's always been this belief, I call it a myth, that home ownership is a great way to build wealth. You see, you hear realtors all the time, why rent when you can own? But... For most people, they're not, they don't own their house. The bank owns their house. They're taking a loan, and banks are now, once again, lending up to 100% of equity value. And you're basically renting the home from the bank for 30 years. And after 30 years, they let you have the house back. <laughs> they let you have it free and clear except for property taxes. But you're going to pay the bank a lot of interest. Over the course of that loan, you might pay two, three times its value in total cost. Uh, you will also have to pick up property taxes and other things, maintenance costs, etc. So with few exceptions, home ownership is not the way that you build your net worth. It might be the lifestyle you want. In order to have that house in that location, you must buy it. Great. But if you could find a housing situation where you leased it rather than you owned it, I'd recommend you consider that especially if you don't anticipate being there for a very, very long time. Now, if you're going to be there for a very, very long time, then yeah, probably homeownership does make sense. Pay it off and be done with that expense. But when somebody is looking to um, maybe own for three, four, five years, no, leasing is better in, in many, many markets. Again, remember, when you own a house, you, if you're financing it, you're paying interest on the loan. You're paying property taxes. You're paying a lot more for upkeep. I mean, all service issues are on you now. Uh, these things need to be added into the cost. And while you might be able to sell it in the future for a profit, chances are that profit, that growth on that initial money that you put down or financed really won't be all that high. Chances are your stock portfolio will grow by a lot more. Now, again, sometimes you only have so much availability and you have to buy. But if you could find a rental situation, it was a nice place, you liked living there, you were comfortable that you could live there for as long as you wanted, I would certainly look at that. I mean, you want to run the numbers, of course, but this is a myth that the realtors keep pushing out there about, you know, home ownership. 
Uh, they end up forcing people into homes they can barely afford. You know, unlike a lease, you know, you can suck it up for a year and then be out of that lease. Homeownership, not so much. And now with the lenders willing to give you 100% of the, the purchase price, you know, it's even less affordable for you in the long run. Well, at least I should say you're going to pay more for it. So be, be really mindful of that. So again, it always depends on your situation, what you're looking for. But in these two areas, ownership, ownership of a house, ownership of a car, that they tend to be more based on your lifestyle desires or how you're going to use them. So in the case of the car, if you're going to drive it a lot, I would certainly own it. In the case of the home, if I was only going to be there for a short period of time, I would try to lease it. Or I'd try to find housing that would be suitable for me that I can lease, that won't make me house poor. Assuming renting is cheaper, then it's something that you should explore. And it usually is. Once you factor in all of the costs, renting, in most cases, is cheaper. Now, if you're not sure about which way to go, you should feel free to reach out to me. As a listener to this program, I'm more than happy to answer your questions. You can reach me a number of ways. One is dan at matsoncapril.com. Or give my office a call, 513-563-7526. That's 513-563-PLAN, 513-563-7526. And I'll be more than happy to give you some thoughts and ideas on that. So until next time, this is Dan Capril, and I want to thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.